0: Now this morning on the third hour of today, the rush is on. Millions already on the move for the holidays with Mother Nature threatening to be a travel grinch. What you need to know to make sure your trip goes smoothly. Plus, we're talking traditions, candy, and Mariah Carey when Steve Kornacki brings us the holidays by the numbers. Then
1: later, a classic tale Comes to life. This could be the exact spot where we first encounter Scrooge.
0: We'll show you the real London locations believed to inspire Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. That's all ahead today, Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today.
2: Good morning and welcome to the third hour of today. I'm Chanel here with Craig and Jill Martin Brooks. And this is crunch time for prepping, shopping, and and traveling. It's a big time. Yeah, a
0: lot of folks probably a little stressed out right now. Uh, The winter weather not cooperating, folks. Arriving... Right as the getaway begins, 46 million people under some sort of winter advisory this morning from the northwest to the central U.S.
3: And it's not just snow. Grab your warmest holiday sweater because this storm is bringing brutally cold temperatures. Some places are expected to see the coldest Christmas in four decades. My
2: goodness, it's all a recipe for a tough travel week at the absolute worst time. NBC's Maggie Vespa is at Chicago's O'Hare International Airport. Hey, Maggie.
4: Hey, Chanel, Craig, Jill, good morning. Yeah, with airports across the country gearing up for, in some cases, as you can see, already inundated with the holiday travel rush, some concerns are mounting. We had another instance yesterday of extreme turbulence sending passengers to the hospital, and now this potentially severe winter storm is forecasted to throw a stunning new curveball. Please keep all boarding passes out. This morning, with a holiday travel surge underway and crowds already flooding one of America's busiest airports, a potential wrench looms on the horizon. A major winter storm with a bitterly cold Arctic blast is set to slam the Great Plains through the Northeast later this week. Both United and American Airlines already waiving rebooking fees for those flying through Midwest airports, and United also letting passengers postpone their trip and dodge the storm. During this travel surge, two unrelated incidents of flight turbulence prompting concern. Five people were hospitalized Monday after a United flight from Rio de Janeiro to Houston hit unexpected turbulence. This after some 36 were hurt on a Hawaii-bound flight Sunday, also amid extreme turbulence. All this amid a holiday travel boom. AAA estimates 113 million Americans are traveling to see loved ones for the holidays. 11-year-old Lillian Charles is worried. The weather can mess up like all, all of your flights. Weather can weather can ruin it. And with nearly 102 million Americans hitting the roads this week, warnings are mounting. The good news, thanks to remote work, travelers this year are flexible. Peak travel days are spread out throughout the next couple weeks. Experts add airlines are staffed up, more often preemptively canceling flights ahead of likely snags.
5: We're very optimistic. We know that if there are disruptions due to the storm, those passengers will be reaccommodated.
4: And so all that in mind, some quick advice from the experts. If you're driving, experts recommend checking the forecast before you go so you don't leave during or potentially drive into the peak of this storm. And if you're flying and you haven't booked your ticket yet, they also suggest flying early and direct to minimize the chance of disruptions. Chanel, Craig, Joe, I'll send it back to you. You haven't booked your flight yet. No, Thank you, Maggie. No,
0: but we're leaving next week. Plenty of time.
2: <laughs> Lots of time. Plenty of time. Five whole
0: days. Hope my wife isn't watching. <laughs> uh, now to the biggest party on oh, planet, Earth. Look y'all. at that. Uh, this, this is a live look right wow. now. Wow. A live look at an epic celebration underway in Buenos Aires. The country declaring a national holiday today to celebrate that huge World Cup victory on Sunday. Lionel Messi and the team arriving home. And as you might imagine... They were treated like royalty. Oh, my goodness. Uh, We actually know one person in that crowd. One of our producers, uh, Lucas Vasquez, he booked a last-minute trip to be there for the experience. We talked to Lucas a short time ago about what this means to him.
6: It's the happiest day of our life. I know that sounds insane, and it is insane, but soccer is like a religion here. Um, You know, the country's facing a lot of issues, um, but they've become completely secondary. Uh, there's a sense of national unity here that is so emotional. Coming here, there's strangers all in every block of the city, no matter how far you are from here, chanting, hugging. It seems like random people are your brother and sister. No matter what time, no matter where, it's, it's, it gives you goosebumps
0: he's um, uh for folks who may not have realized this he's from argentina
2: Uh, (laughs) i didn't know that yeah he's i talk talked to him every day
0: through and through as you pointed out played soccer he played soccer
2: in college he is hardcore he's kind of like my connection he'll say you know you need to tell your boys about this or you know so when i looked up and i found out that he was going i mean it's so perfect and he's right it's i like how he talked about this was the greatest day of our lives it's a collective celebration for me that's what sports is all about right it's such a unifying thing that's why we love sports Uh, escapism and to be able to celebrate with what we've all been through Absolutely. absolutely
0: by the way that team slowly making its way to the city center There, probably going to take some time because of the sea of people the celebrations will continue all day uh Quite frankly, the celebrations likely I to mean, continue for several days. If
2: you're messy, like you never have to pay for a drink again. I
0: don't <laughs> think. I don't think Messi was paying for a lot of drinks in Argentina before. Anything, right. now his
3: children's children,
0: won't have to right?
2: Pay for All drink. right.
3: Well, speaking of parties, there's a big one coming up a few blocks from here today. The numbers 2023 arrived oh. for the New Year's oh, Eve celebration in Times Square. Such a cool sight to see. They've actually been on a road trip making stops across the country. They will light up when the ball drops at midnight. And if you can't make it there, you could watch all the fun live right here on NBC this year. Miley Cyrus is back to host her New Year's Eve party with the help of... Dolly Parton. Is that awesome? That's a great shot. So I didn't even realize that Dolly Parton is her godmother,
2: right? Yes,
0: that is true. Isn't
3: that cool? Those are facts. I did not know that. Right. Right. That's That's incredible. And how great that they could celebrate. Well, it all starts at 1030 Eastern. 9:30 Nine thirty Central on NBC and Peacock.
0: It's crazy Love we're it. starting to talk about New Year's Eve already. I wow. know, Jeez. especially when
3: I have to start shopping
2: today. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> I did that yesterday. Didn't go well. Uh, for a lot of folks, the holidays also means some childhood memories. They come flooding back, especially all those gifts that Santa used to leave under the tree. Mm-hmm. Turns out, though, toys not just for kids anymore. No, no, no. Embassy's Joe Fryer is here because Joe is introducing us to a new phrase. This is called
7: the Kidult. yeah. Kid-oled. Do you feel like that you best. might be a kid Anyone here? Yes. Really? I, am- I think so. When my oh, kids are around. Yes. When my kids sure. are. I my think kids are. we
3: all are.
2: You can, I are. Cool. You can yeah, maybe yeah. get
7: some toys for Christmas this year.
2: I make hope. It so. Simpler. I don't. Know. I think so. I want an easy bake oven.
7: <laughs> See, there you go. You, you are a kidult. Well, that's
2: why I need an oven, Santa. Just load it in, and then it comes out on the other end.
7: So here's the deal: new data is showing that people ages 12 and older, those are kidults, They now make up at least a quarter of toy consumers, and the industry's cashing in with new products marketed specifically toward even Millennials and Gen Xers. Toys of Christmas past are now revisiting many in their adulthood. From adult Happy Meals. Here are the fries. And then a toy. To Barbie who's starring in a new movie coming out next summer. Nostalgia is a driving force for a growing consumer group called the Kidults. CNBC reports that data from market research company NPD Group show adults who are young at heart spend about $9 billion annually. Jenny New got into Legos about six years ago when the Disney fan laid eyes on a special Disney Castle set.
8: They're really good at um, catering to adults. Just, I think basically they're
3: aiming for the nostalgic thing.
7: Now, as a new mom, it's how she decompresses. I find building Legos to be like my my alone time,
3: and then also practice my patience.
7: The sets come in collectible series, like the annual Lunar New Year Legos, or investment pieces, like the Millennium Falcon, each paired with thick manuals best deciphered by grown-up eyes.
9: Over the past. Two plus years, adults really started to gravitate towards toys and games, um, not just to spend more time with their families, which they were doing at home, but also for themselves to
7: de-stress. Aaron Muterich is a former software engineer turned connoisseur of putty. He says grown-ups are stuck on reliving simpler times from their childhood. I think there is some level of nostalgia. Putty was introduced in uh, the late 1950s, uh to children we've seen it time and again where adults maybe think it is for children but then once they touch the putty that their children have they they want one for themselves he created a colorful and non-messy putty that can help some people dealing with anxiety the first 10 years i targeted specifically adults that work in offices people that sit at desks uh for stress relief for fidgets and anxiety over the past year, the Kidult Group represented 60% of the dollar growth in the toy industry, despite accounting for only a quarter in sales. And toy manufacturers like Lego, Hasbro, and Mattel are tapping into nostalgia by creating products tied into movies like Star Wars and Marvel and classics like Hot Wheels, a whole new market for a group of adults embracing playtime again. I just feels like I've accomplished
9: something. It's like art. Is like
7: so if you're thinking of buying something for the adult in your life, well, the top categories are board games, which I think we can all relate to collectible items like some of those, you know, Star Wars things you saw and then puzzles. Those are also a big part of, I love this, that. of this category I, as well.
3: Yeah. I bought all the old games like Candyland, Shootin's, oh. that, yeah. just to go back to the oh, basics. That that. It's is, fun. It is nostalgic. I feel like we're all going back to the basics I now agree. and just yeah. trying to get into I also life. think it's a break from all of this. Yes. Just, so. just a break. Yeah,
2: yeah. Totally. Joe, thank
0: You're you. You're lucky for that little trip down memory lane. Our kidults. Uh, <laughs> when we come back, we've got another kidult, Steve Kornacki. <laughs> Steve's going to drop some holiday knowledge. From the most popular Christmas candy to <laughs> Mariah Carey's impressive run. And then a little bit later, A Christmas Carol comes to life. We called on one of the pros I did that, uh-huh. uh, to give us a tour of the, the real-life London sites that may have just inspired Charles Dickens. Third hour of today, right back after this.
4: <laughs>
1: dateline true crime weekly to get new episodes starting thursday
4: wherever you get your podcasts hi everyone i'm jenna bush
2: hager from today with hoda and jenna and the read with jenna book club there's nothing i love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories and that's what i'll be doing on my podcast read with jenna I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna
3: wherever you get your podcasts.
0: We're back. Steve Kornacki's back. Tis Woo-hoo! the Stephen for some, some holiday facts that are fun and festive. NBC News political correspondent Steve Kornacki back with his big board to spread some holiday yes. cheer. Good to have you.
6: Great to be here. Happy
0: holidays. You too. So, you know, every family has a bunch of different traditions. What what are some of the most popular traditions out there?
6: Yeah, put some numbers on it here. This okay. the, the Hershey Company did a survey there. They just basically asked folks, what are your favorite holiday traditions, and here they are oh, ranked wow. one to five, and decorating the tree tops the list, exchanging yeah. gifts, you got the tree, you might as well have the gifts underneath, watching a favorite holiday yeah. movie number three, we've all got our favorite there, decorating the home number mm-hmm. four, and then just going out and looking at the lights, looking at the decorations, oh, everyone's got someone nice. in their neighborhood who really yeah. goes, goes all out. yeah so that's I'd like cool. to see those too. I, I
2: always like it when you break it down by state, because then we can all look at where we're from and see what they're doing state by state. Let's see, I guess the most popular holiday Holiday candy? Is that yeah. what we're doing?
6: Let's look at a couple of them. There's okay. the traditions and then there's the candy state by state. So okay. it'll tell us a little something about where all I of you know. are from, I think. Might help explain uh, each of our hosts here. Okay. So let's take a look here at the most popular traditions by state. So Craig, a South Carolinian, the top tradition, exchanging gifts. gifts? Yep. Janelle from Kansas. Kansas like South Carolina. I yeah. like to give gifts. I yeah, like to get gifts. We're a giver, Steve. Jill, <laughs> yeah. in New York, you folks are a little different. No gifts You like there. to decorate tree. the tree. So oh, you have the tree, and in some other states, they like to put the gifts under the tree. So <laughs> a subtle difference there. But then how about the candy? How about the favorite candy? Oh, this is my state here. Wait, I'm so curious. Let's, yeah, let's take a look. See if you can guess. Craig, That's South an m M&M. m You got the m and We love the m yeah. That's right. Chanel. What, what is that? that? This is a tough one. This is Kansas. You should know. This oh, is it's your that bark. Right? Oh, the peppermint bark. Peppermint yeah. bark. Everybody- that's the favorite, so candy. That's the favorite candy in Kansas, and I, I mean, it's kind of giving it away. But in New York, it is the Snicker. So the
2: Snicker. That is very I love that you guys do Snickers, and we're making candy. We're
0: like. That yeah, I was going to say. I mean, that's the only state. Oh no, wait. I think Illinois
6: and Michigan uh, oh, seem to also enjoy my it as well. Creative
3: Kansans. That right? was good. What is your favorite candy?
6: Well, I'm from Massachusetts, and so we've got... I can't even... I think it might be Snickers, although that's not my favorite candy. All right. But well, I'm gonna,
2: fair enough.
0: i go with a peanut butter
6: cup. Oh,
2: right. I can see that.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's talk about uh, the sweets we consume this time of year. What else can you tell us about the sweets we consume in general? It is candy
6: cane season, yeah. as we all know. I mean, think about this. When else do you see a candy cane? Mm-hmm. Then this time of year, 90% of all candy canes that are sold in the calendar year are sold between Thanksgiving... And Christmas. So if you're wow. in the candy cane business, you better not be taking any days off these few <laughs> weeks here. Now, what's the right way to eat oh, a candy cane? This is interesting. Here, fifty-seven percent say they take the straight end yes. of it really? first.
0: Those are normal people. Twenty-seven percent no. go for the curved end. The those top? are those are sociopaths. And
6: then, well, a- and Wait, then what? What? there what? are the people what? who break it into pieces. Can't right. trust them. They take some hard work on that one. Sixteen percent. You use the way. straight
3: end first, you t- because you, you, you use it as a
10: whole. You you hold it like a...
0: And and this this is that's how you eat though, right? That's funny. All right, let's I'm talk so about so Mariah sad. Carey, because yeah. that's on <laughs> loop for a lot of people. So. <laughs> All I Want for Christmas, the Mariah Carey classic. What can you tell us about that? I'm surprised it didn't make that list
6: of top five traditions because it really has become, it's now the second wow. straight week that this song is number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It's yeah. the fourth straight year now that this song has made number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Remember, this is a song... From 1994, originally. Wow. Actually, Mariah Carey had her first number one hit back in 1990. So now it's 32 years wow. for her between okay. number one. That's I a know. record. That's awesome. And then she set, this song has now set three awesome. Guinness World Records. So this song itself is becoming it. a I holiday tradition.
2: Well, we could, we're almost out of time. We couldn't let you go empty handed because, you know, we're givers, as we, we say, around here. Especially. So bring out the car. Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the car, but. Ah. We do totally. have candy. Merry and Christmas! We've got your favorite I told there. You the peanut butter cup, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got apparently you're a, you're a soda fuel guy. Look at this! Yeah. This is his fuel. The oh, diet coke. And you like Nutter butters? He
6: loves Nutter this butters. This is this is what I would expect from a South Carolinian and a Kansas giving gift. Yes. and then, I appreciate <laughs> from the And she's as queen well. of gift
3: giving. Like that's yes, a guy. Yes. Yes. Oh,
2: I would have you
6: khakis in there, too. <laughs> this is fantastic. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. This. Happy holidays. We appreciate geez. you, too.
2: All right. Just ahead, we are taking a trip back in time, stepping into the pages of A Christmas Carol, our tour down the London alleyways and landmarks that may have inspired Charles Dickens himself will take you there. And then later, our series, The Upside, a whole new way for teachers to connect with kids. The third hour of today. We'll be back in just 60 seconds. Can I have mm-hmm. another, butters?
0: Because of budget cuts, we'll that back. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We are back with a magical tour of, <laughs> sorry, we lost our light there, now don't look like j darn. Uh, a magical tour of a holiday, there we go, holiday classic, A Christmas Carol. This morning, we are getting a first-hand look at a real London location, that, and several, that may have inspired Charles Dickens nearly 180 years ago. NBC's Kelly Kobiea is live in the heart of London's financial district. You look beautiful, hey Kelly.
10: Hi, good morning. Doesn't it look festive here? This looks like a scene out of a Christmas card or a Christmas movie, maybe. How about a Christmas novel? This is the financial district, as as you said. But it's also the place where Charles Dickens dreamt up his legendary character, Ebenezer Scrooge, and his Christmas ghosts. I'm on my way to meet a man who knows all about Charles Dickens and a Christmas carol. Richard. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. You look fantastic. Richard Jones has done some deep Dickens detective work and believes he can identify the locations that feature in the story. Since its publication back in 1843, Charles Dickens' best loved book has become a Christmas classic. The tale of the miserable miser who's visited by ghosts on Christmas Eve and finally changes his ways has been turned into more than 150 film and TV versions. And the story always begins the same way, with Scrooge... In his counting house.
1: Yeah, we've got Newman's Court. This could be the exact spot where we first encounter Scrooge.
10: Ebenezer Scrooge counting his pennies. So, why this place?
1: There are clues in the text. Uh, firstly, we know it's in the vicinity of Cornhill, which is the street we've just walked out of. He also describes this being beneath the shadow of an ancient church tower. And there's just such an ancient church tower on the other side of the road from the courtyard.
10: The ancient tower of a church whose gruff old bell was always peeping highly down at Scrooge, out of a gothic window on the wall, became... Close by is the mansion house.
1: It's the home of the Lord Mayor of the City of London. And it gets the mention when Dickens is trying to tell us how everybody else is getting ready for Christmas.
10: The Lord Mayor, in the stronghold of the mighty mansion house, gave orders to his 50 cooks and butlers to keep Christmas as a Lord Mayor's household should. Now we duck into the dark warren of ancient alleyways that riddle this part of the city.
1: When Dickens is writing Christmas Carol, he's writing in six weeks. He's going out night after night, and he's walking around the streets of London.
10: Up to 20 miles a night, getting ideas for characters and places. Wow, in from the cold. What a place!
1: We're in the Georgian Vulture, and the Georgian Vulture is Dickensian London.
10: Did he actually come here?
1: Oh, yes, very much so. When he was here, it was known as Thomas's Chop House. Some believe that uh, he did uh, stay in the rooms upstairs. His descendants certainly still come here. I believe, and many believe, that this is the place that Scrooge stops off at on his way home.
10: Scrooge took his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern, And having read all the newspapers... I believe, and
1: many believe, that melancholy tavern was the Georgian vulture.
10: That night, Scrooge meets several phantoms who will teach him a lesson. The last, a silent, hooded specter who shows him his future.
1: It's the most frightening of all the ghosts.
10: Here at the Royal Exchange, Scrooge overhears people talking about his death. And then, in an ancient graveyard, the eerie tale reaches its terrifying climax.
1: It's the churchyard of St. Peter on Cornhill. And Dickens describes the churchyard as being walled in on all sides by buildings, which this one fits the bill perfectly. And the ghost is now pointing to a gravestone.
10: Scrooge crept towards it, trembling as he went. And following the finger, read upon the stone of the neglected grave his own name, Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge awakens Christmas morning a changed man, telling a boy to buy the huge turkey from a shop around the corner.
1: We're in Leadenhall Market, and Leadenhall Market was a poultry market. This is where you would have come for your Christmas goose or later on your Christmas turkey, and that's why you've still got the hooks along here where all the the birds were hung. Christmas carols often called a ghost story, but in fact it's not really a ghost story. It's a parable dressed up as a ghost story. It's a timeless message. We, We all want to think that no matter how bad we are, We've got that opportunity to change.
10: Merry Christmas. And a Merry
1: Christmas to you. My path lies this way. God bless us, everyone. (laughs)
10: That famous last line from A Christmas Carol. It's incredible to think that Charles Dickens wrote this story in just six weeks leading up to Christmas. It was an instant hit. It has since been translated into more than 30 languages. And guys, this is what's really amazing. In the 179 years since it was first printed, it's never been out of print. Wow. A long wow. lasting Special. story.
2: It's almost like he knew
3: yeah. it. If it took him six weeks to write it, you know, he just had it on his heart and he got right. it out there. That's awesome.
2: Kelly, that was great. Thank, Thank you, you, Kelly.
3: So festive. Mm-hmm. All right, just ahead in today's holiday handbook, family gatherings sometimes mean family drama, but not this year. We'll tell you how to prepare now to make sure everything goes smoothly. But first, a look at a creative way to help kids manage their mental health, a new tool that lets students share how they're feeling using emojis. Hmm. We'll be right back. And we are back with our series, The Upside, and a new tool that is helping students manage their mental health hmm. by speaking their language using emojis. NBC News senior national correspondent Carrie Sanders has the story. Carrie, good morning.
5: Well, good morning, guys. You know, the conversation about mental health as part of a school's curriculum, as well as respecting a child's range of emotions, is perhaps more important than ever. And it's a lesson I recently learned while visiting a school in Florida school is about to start and in that chaos parents rarely have time to quiz their kids with a simple question how are you feeling today the answer could be anything from happy to sad anxious to angry
9: Let's welcome this wonderful day by reaching our arms up, big
5: stretch. Here at the Green School in West Palm Beach, Florida, after everyone loosens up the body, there is a moment set aside for a mental stretch. And time to check in on the WellCheck app, which allows kids to check in on themselves Can you read that word? Using emojis Excited, scared, calm, happy They may also write short narratives, sometimes upsetting moments they don't want to say out loud
8: It's like confidential, so maybe one of your friends did something behind your back, but you found out about it Putting it on here could help, and then that way you can talk to somebody about it. First
5: grader Ava McDermott began using WellCheck last year.
8: I feel I feel great because
7: then people get to know how you're feeling.
5: And why is that important?
7: Because if like you're feeling sad or something, you can tell somebody and they can help you out feel better.
5: Kindergartners, members of that digital native generation, tell so an entire doing? story with just emojis. By starting this routine so young, researchers believe it allows kids to learn openly expressing emotions is normal.
3: Many schools focus on academics being a priority Um, for me personally and professionally the academics is secondary. Um, The primary focus should be on the mental health because as we know as adults if we're not mentally strong we're not going to be productive.
5: The app allows kids to express themselves confidentially on a computer. A teacher only knows who's having problems if a student clicks check on me or check on a friend.
8: It makes me aware ahead of time so I can kind of come up with a game plan of how I'm going to approach this child. Maybe at recess. It's as small as calling them over to sit with me on the bench and just say, would you like to talk about it further?
5: And why is that so important with kids at these ages?
8: Students who maybe wouldn't feel comfortable voicing their their feelings out loud have become more comfortable doing so.
5: Fourth grader Victoria Brask says anonymity is but like
7: sometimes I feel a little bit shy when other people are like um, when I'm talking to them because sometimes they say stuff that back and I I just get sometimes nervous.
5: Do you feel sometimes like you're being judged if you talk to a person? Yes. The digital tool was created by researchers at Johns Hopkins University and is currently in pilot phase in 42 U.S. schools and two outside of the U.S.
8: When students have this sense of connectedness to teachers and schools, they're more likely to have a greater sense of self-determination and and autonomy, and that that helps with engagement and motivation and ultimately achievement.
5: After remote learning, some parents say the anonymous data tells a still unfolding post-pandemic mental health story.
2: Young people did not do well being so isolated. There is a realization that
4: schools made that they have to take the time and listen to the kids in that respect.
5: In our idealized, simpler days, school was reading, writing, and arithmetic. But mental health counselors say today's kids are under more pressure than ever. And learning to deal with that is as important as 2 plus 2.
8: This is necessary. It's not just something we do in the morning because we have to do it. It has a true purpose.
5: The WellCheck app is funded by Johns Hopkins University, University of Virginia, as well as some private grants. It's being used in a variety of schools, both urban as well That's as true. rural, uh, from elementary all the way to high school. It's in public schools, private schools, charter schools. Uh, so they're really trying to cover the basis here for better data. And at the Green School, they even have mental health counselors mm. on the ready just in case a student needs that even additional Help, guys. It's a
3: phenomenal so, idea. Yeah, and just using technology in the right way we talk about all the time, that yeah. we're using our phones so much yeah. and that kids are expressing how they feel. Carrie, thank you so it's much. It's really great. important story. And to learn more, head to today.com.
0: You know, meeting kids where they where are. Yeah. they are. Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of mental health coming up, we've got some great strategies to reduce stress and make sure your holiday gatherings stay as drama-free as humanly possible. <laughs> Uh, and then a little bit later, one less thing to worry about. We're going to make not one, but two simple and delicious appetizers mm. to add to that holiday menu. How did have Ramos is here? Third hour of today, right back. Yep.
6: Hey, guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with my NBC neighbor, Jimmy Fallon, to talk about his 10 years as host of The Tonight Show, Reflecting on his long career in comedy His years at SNL And yes, landing the biggest job in late night A little time backstage with Jimmy Fallon You can get our conversation now for free Wherever you download your podcasts Alpha one Niner, Commence Wi-Fi device checklist Laptops on TVs Streaming Game console consoling Smart thermostat Set for cuddle time Doorbell camera Oh, my package is here.
4: Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once.
0: All systems go. You are clear for
4: takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet, Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film, The Aviators, now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed.
0: We are back with today's holiday handbook, and it may be the most wonderful time of the year, but when it comes to family get-togethers, a lot of times... There can be some tension. So we brought in a psychotherapist. Norel Feliciano is here to help us have, hopefully, a drama-free <laughs> holiday. So good to have you back, Dr. Yes, good morning. So good morning. You, you maintain that one of the best ways... To, to make sure you have a drama-free holiday is to start with yourself, mm. right? So how, how can we decrease our own stress
8: this yeah, holiday season? Yeah, let's, let's control the stress we can control. So now we're at the 20th, Christmas, Kwanzaa, a few days away, Hanukkah's in full effect. Let's go back to the expectations that we set for ourselves that maybe not are realistic and let go of the things that don't bring us joy that feel overwhelming. So if the Christmas cards aren't out, maybe they're new year cards. I mean, better yet send everybody a text. Yeah. Let's focus our time on the things that mean the most. So maybe we think about ice skating with the kids yeah. versus icing 12 kinds of cookies, Preach. right? I have to remember to be present over perfect. And I learned this one year, my husband and I were up till three in the morning, getting ready for Santa. Our kids were good. We knew they were coming. I was baking six kinds of cookies. So he doesn't get tired of them. Something. my, Husband out with carrots to prevent Blitzen from eating our box with stress. Jeez. Right? Wow. So in the morning, too tired to watch the right. kids open all the gifts. Oh. So I have to remember present over perfect. Yeah, I like that. Yep. And and also this quick perspective shift. I get to versus I have to. Because yes. we're running around saying I have to do this, I have to do that. But really, it's a privilege. So if yes, we just shift is. the word, I get to, helps us put us in a better mind frame to deal with our own <laughs> stuff. Girl, grace. this
2: alone is a sermon. Yeah. I'm like we get in right there. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's right. You get to yeah. versus. You have to. And then I like be present over perfect. So good. All right. So let's talk about upcoming celebrations, events, family get togethers. You know that someone
8: is going to be drama or maybe you feel some way. How do you get ready before you even enter the space to try to make it drama? First of all, we've had drama for 20 years. We don't need to resolve it on the holiday. Right. Let's save it. Set a date aside from it. Go back to the situation. Otherwise, we're going to associate that memory when aunt Susie threw gravy on uncle Charlie said every single Christmas. We don't want that. <laughs> well, right.
0: <she's> <laughs> that was so boring.
8: Right. It's like move on.com. That's, on true. Dot com. That's true. true. Like put it behind you. Right. So, but it right? says reach out reach in out advance. Reach out in advance. You know, I mean, why are we surprised? It's the same people, same variation of the situation every year. So, <laughs> so get ahead of it. Call them up. Say, hey, let's keep this off the table. Let's have a good holiday. Offer an olive branch. That might require setting a boundary. Mm-hmm. Now setting a boundary, that's where people get it wrong. It's about our action, not someone else's. So if we ask someone, your in-laws, don't show up without telling me. We give them the power, right? Instead, let's say, if you show up without telling me, I may not be able to let you in, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. If, if you invite my ex over the holiday, y'all are going to be eating outside on the deck. So you want to have the I if love then that. so there's some This is real. I mean, this I is what that. happens. Okay, yes. so you mentioned setting healthy boundaries.
3: Yes. I actually, when I sit down, I say, we're not talking politics, we're not talking vaccination, because Perfect. that is like setting the boundary. saying, I don't want to start. Right. So is that what you encourage? Yes.
8: But add the, if, if you do, then I'm getting up and leaving the table and maybe we won't get together for new year, have an if at the end of it, because that's what gives us back the power.
0: It's also worth remembering that, you know, the holidays for a lot of folks, it's a reminder of loss. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of folks, it's very difficult this time of year. They're dealing with loneliness, loss. How can you handle Mm -hmm. that for people?
8: Listen, this is when everything comes to the surface. And as we've seen and known, there are people who don't look like they're going through things who are going through things. Mm-hmm. I think if we can't show some compassion and empathy during the holidays, yes. we're never going to be able to. It is the best gift you can give someone. And to access a place of compassion, think about What has this person gone through recently or in their life that has made it okay for them to act this way? Mm -hmm. Or the behavior that I'm seeing right now, that's not about you. It may be coming at you, but it's not about you. Mm -hmm. We can empathize without agreeing. Empathize with the feeling. Empathize with the situation they've been through, not with what they're saying. It's 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 really beautiful.
3: Empathy and kindness are really important. Thank you. You're amazing. I think we need to do a daily segment. (laughs)
0: Well, that's the thing. She charges hourly for that. That's the thing. That's how she knows. Awesome. Oh, it's Great. a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, Dr. Thank
2: you. Doctor. Thank you. All right. Up next, we are taking some stress out of your cooking. Two simple appetizers that will wow your guests this year. And you don't even have to make a trip to the supermarket. She's going to show you how. We'll be right back.
0: <laughs> <You> just-
2: <laughs> we are back with our series today, Table. You may be feeling overwhelmed now that the holidays are here but don't worry. Today, contributor Alejandro Ramos is back with two appetizers that will impress your guests without any stress. And if you All want right. to cook along with us, you can scan the QR code and get, and select Get Ingredients. And then you just schedule a pickup or delivery. It can come right to your door. That's awesome. I know, wow. right? Thank yeah. you for coming.
9: Thank you for having me. All right, me. let's dig in here. All righty. So we're going to start off with a tart flambe, a.k.a. a bacon pizza. Okay. <laughs> Who doesn't love that, doesn't right? What
0: you that? call it first, though, A tart flambe? Tart
9: flambe. So tart it's an flambe. An, it's an Alsatian... a a dish that the bakers in Alsace used to use to test their ovens. But it's really Mm. just bacon pizza, guys. Okay. So what you want to do is you want to render some bacon fat. Then when you've got that bacon fat in there, you throw some onions in. Mm -hmm. And what this is going to start off on the top and Mm -hmm. it goes into the stove. So you don't want to cook the onions all the way and you don't want to cook the bacon all the way. Mm Because it's all going to finish up in the oven. So this is just cooking in there. You want to let it go just until it's like sort of soft golden. You don't need a full caramelization This is amazing. that takes all day. This Isn't is so it delicious? This
2: is
0: well, so the onions
9: have flavor because of this. Exactly. That, well, the bacon, I mean, the bacon fat adds it below. It makes it better. This is store-bought pizza mm-hmm. dough. If you want to make it no. from scratch, you can. I won't be doing it from scratch, right. so not going to make you guys do Tastes it. Good to me. And then you want to roll it out. Okay. You kind of want like a nice oval just because I guess that's what the fancy baker's fancy. <laughs> you want it fancy. Okay. Um, And then you want to just kind of stretch it out. One thing to know when you're working with store-bought dough, yeah. if it's too cold, it'll probably shrink up. Okay. So if you're noticing that you're rolling and rolling and, it and it's rolling back kind of like it just did right here, yeah. just let it hang out for a little bit. Once okay. okay. you know you have got to let a little it relax bit,
0: like, what, like 30 minutes?
9: Yeah. Well, no, no even less. Like 10 15. Oh, you okay. Just want okay. it warm up a little. It's like when you go to a party and people are like but you need time to warm up <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, you good. want to get cozy and cozy. I taste. What is that? Oh my god, so that's this what is, this is. This exactly. So that's an herb cheese. This is like a borsan. You can use any kind of herb cheese you want or an herb goat cheese. Mm. Um you can even just do a plain cream cheese if you prefer. That is good. And so for this we're going to make that sort of cheesy base and then you know it's a little chilly in the studio so it's a little bit cold but you want it nice and soft mm. and room temp you mix it with some heavy cream you know i love a light recipe ladies <laughs> and then you mix it all up um you can do a little salt and pepper in there too and then you spread this on here okay and then we're going to do those onions and look take a look at this because i you, want um, you to see that's okay. how soft you're looking for over there you don't want them to go fully fully cooked bacon on cook top that? into the oven not too long i think it's like 15 minutes okay. maybe check the recipe it's on so today.com what about these mini tacos <laughs> and yeah. then we're gonna make these look fun the cutest so cute. most adorable baby tacos you've ever seen they're so cute so mm-hmm. we're gonna start off by marinating our little baby shrimp okay get the smallest you can find baby mini whatever you mm-hmm. got you, you buy this them frozen just, just
2: like oh, frozen uh, you could do
9: frozen or fresh, fresh just not cooked you want okay. them to be raw All right. that is just a uh, chipotle and adobo sauce you okay. buy the can don't use the, the uh, chipotle, it's just the sauce. Okay. A little fresh lime juice. If anyone wants to give mm. that a stir, I don't okay. want to stop you from eating, but oh, no, there but you go. A <laughs> oh, little yummy. olive oh. oil in the pan. Mm. Um, very small dice on peppers and mm. onions. This is mostly for color, a little bit of flavor. You can do some salt in there too. Okay. A little salt in there okay. too. You want seasoning, flavor everywhere you go. All right. 10 inch tortilla, like the burrito okay. kind. Oh. Biscuit cutter. Okay. Cookie cutter. And then See you just coming? cut these no, out. That's how, you do that. that's how you get the teeny tiny. Oh, giants. And again, this is like everything in this. It's just chili, chili. But you'll go through Should Should it. Did Yeah. Yeah, you can toss that in. And then oh. you just cook it. It literally takes like two, three minutes. I mean, it cooks so fast. This is yummy. The smaller they are, the faster they Wait, cook. Wait, what was this again? Oh, so that is adobo sauce. So oh, just a what is this sauce? No, that- oh. <clears throat> So this is uh, just like a little bit of creme fraiche or yogurt with mm. some cumin and okay. some lime juice. Well, that's what t- A little yes, so like fun. a little DIY well crema there. And oh, then, I, how fun is this, right? Way so cute. And then look. Then they look like this adorable little this thing. Really you put good. a little bit of the crema on there. Ugh. You put the shrimp, garnish them, a little this toothpick. This fantastic. Yeah. Ooh, Everyone, are. people love mini things. They do. They oh, love them. thank you so much. I'll be like, oh, I'll just you. take so one. Cool. Oh, okay.
2: One yeah. more. Maybe <laughs> right? one more. Yeah. yeah you can buy, here's what's eight. so great about this. You can buy all of the ingredients right now. So cool. Just scan the QR code on the bottom of your screen or head to today.com uh, slash today table. And we should mention today earns a commission from the purchases. We'll be right back. When the are the calories oh don't God. count.
9: Exactly.
0: Tomorrow, the third hour of today, we've got a holiday handbook for the procrastinators out there. Some last-minute gifts you can still buy.
3: And coming up on Hoda and Jenna, Justin Sylvester stops by with a special year-end edition of The Scoop. Oh, Jill, we love you.
10: Love you. We'll, we'll see you back here again. tomorrow.
3: Have a great day, everybody. bye Bye-bye.